even at the time, I'm like, what is the point of this? What, what, what are you trying to say? That this movie is the greatest movie of all time? It's the most mysterious movie of all time? That's bullshit. There's no such thing. It's impossible. You can't do that. Yeah. But even then, the production design, you know, is very much one of these things where Brad Bird is clearly, uh, you know, clearly a very nostalgic guy. And, you know, but that's the thing that really shocked me about this is like, how did I not see it's going wrong? I don't know. Like, what did he do? I mean, he was The Incredibles, right? Yeah, The Incredibles, and uh, he also directed uh, Mission Impossible Four, which yeah. was one of the one of the best Mission Impossible entries. Yeah, um, it's like how did they go so wrong? There were too many talented people involved for them not to know this. But then again, they probably did. Yeah, they probably did. They probably saw the movie and then, oh shit, fingers crossed. George Clooney went. <laughs> we're in a tight spot. We're, damn, we're in a tight spot. We're in a real tight spot. Okay, wish he had some pomade. <laughs> I'm a Dapper Dan man. Dapper Dan man. Let's do this. Welcome to the McYap and Fries Movie Podcast. I am Gavin. I am Ian. Welcome to episode 158 of our show. 158. We've been doing this for a long time. Since 2011. 2008. 2008? Yeah. When The Dark Knight came out, asshole. All right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad those first four years meant nothing to you. I was drunk. <laughs> I was drunk. I think 2011 is when we started... To maybe like cut down on the booze. When we sobered up. When we sobered up just when a the meeting bit, started. Know, when we had the, the, the three drink minimum before actually doing it. The three drink minimum was last year, dude. Was it? Mm. Mm. Sorry, that was three drink minimum. Recently it's been three drink maximum. That's right. That's, That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you for listening, guys. Uh, for those of you who have been sticking around for this for a while, you know that we are a movie, a movie talk show. We talk yep. about all of the... Uh, different movie news that we've been uh, catching up on over uh, the week or the last couple of weeks or however long it's been since our last episode. Yep. And we also review films. Uh, what are you going to be reviewing today? Yeah. This week I'm going to be reviewing the Robert De Niro and um, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway movie, The Intern. Right. And I'm also going to do a little bit on the TV show Continuum with Rachel Nichol that uh, finished recently. Got cool. cancelled. Well, it got cancelled, but it got, like, it got a chance to tell its story. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. cool. I haven't seen that. I look forward to that review. Um, I'll be reviewing the new uh, Steven Spielberg film, Bridge of Spies, his latest uh, collaboration with Tom Hanks. Um, and I'll also be doing a review of a little bit of an older, older movie. Uh, this movie's from 2011, The Snowtown Murders, uh, Australian film, which is also the directorial debut of Justin Krizel. Uh, who uh, has gone on to direct uh, Michael Fassbender in Macbeth. Oh. And he is also directing Michael Fassbender again in Assassin's Creed. Oh, oh, so, oh what, uh, Macbeth and Assassin's Creed. That was, that's a weird mix. Yeah, so the fact that he has gone on from Snowtown Murders to those two movies should give you an idea of what Snowtown Murders mm. is like. So, yeah, I'll be reviewing those two movies today. I'll also touch a little bit on the Star Wars Battlefront video game beta that happened last week, just a little kind of tied into movies and stuff. Well, good for you. Yeah. 
Um, in case we haven't mentioned before, McYappen Fries is proudly sponsored by Green Room 136 Urban Carry Gear. That's right. Uh, one of the many ba ba bags available. They're all handmade Malaysia bags. They're all doing it since 2011. You can buy them at greenroom136.com. One of which is the Bootstrap, which is a classic style pro line single strap urban pack designed as a conventional laptop carry with the need to be inconspicuous. So you can fit your laptop in this. It's waterproof. It's uh, pretty badass. So you can check this out and other bags. There's the Bootstrap. There's the Rainmaker Rainmaker Pro. Yeah, that's right. You can right. get customized bags. You can get your company logo on these bags all on their website at greenroom136.com. That's greenroom136.com. <laughs> Jumping straight into the news. Did you hear that James Cameron is going to make yet another chick flick? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Depending on your definition of the term chick flick. Well, uh, yes, he's uh, well. He's been threatening to make um, uh, Alita, Battle Angel, Battle, Alita. Alita Battle Angel for quite a while. I mean, that was on his slate for quite a few years. Almost as long as Avatar was. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, he was talking about this before I mean, Titanic. No, he was talking about this. He was talking about this. I think, I think it was not long, not not that much longer uh, after True Lies. I think even yeah. it, it, it sort of came up then. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, I just said that. Just any excuse to bring up True Lies. That's one of my favorite. Favorite underrated James Cameron movies. It's one of those James Cameron movies that nobody really mentions anymore. Yeah. But to me, I mean, I love He's that overshadowed movie. by his own... I love in, that movie. ...inbiggedness later I on. I fucking love True Lies. I also think it's one of Arnold's best performances. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's got a great Bill Paxton performance in there as well. <laughs> it's, <laughs> some, a it's a water heater. Some great lines. Some great lines. Um, but Actually, um, just someone mentioned on Twitter earlier, what movies do you watch when you're... Uh, what movies would you watch that would always end up, you know, removing depression or getting, you know, making you happy? Uh -huh. True Lies would go on that list. True Lies would go on that list. That, yeah, that's right. I mean, along with you know Big Lebowski, Big Lebowski oh, yeah. would go up there. Um, you but know, you know, you gotta do it, do it, me. do it <laughs> slowly. Do it slowly. <laughs> A pair of titties. Make you want to stand up and beg for buttermilk. <laughs> Ass like a ten-year-old boy. What is it? What is it that Tom Randall says when they're like they are about to throw him off the cliff because they think he's a real spy and then they realize he's not. He's just a fucking clerk. It's like <laughs> piss off numbnuts or something like that, and then fire some random shots at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom uh, Arnold's a revelation in that movie. Tom Arnold is really, really good in that movie. Um, there's there. I also love the bit where uh, the guy like uh, played by. Um, Ah, shit, it's not Art Malik. Art Malik played the uh, the terrorist. But, um, the, the Indian other, guy. The, 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 the Indian guy. Yeah. When he's like decrypting the files and he just he's just talking dirty like it's a chick, you know, and uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I got my hand up your skirt and I am oh, going yeah. for it. You know, and then Tom Arnold says, just copy the goddamn files, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that bit. Uh, but anyway, so yes, James Cameron was supposed to be directing... Um, Alita. Yes. Have you actually ever read it? No, I never have. Because it's one of those comics that's mentioned along with Appleseed and Akira as like the manga to read, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, uh, I I got on the Akira train and even a little bit of Appleseed, but I missed uh, Battle Angel. Yeah, I bought one volume of Akira, and then I found out there's, what, 17 of them more? Yeah, and yeah. I was like, I can't afford that on this. I have a special relationship with Akira because uh, it was the first comic that I ever tried to steal, and I got caught. <laughs> <laughs> I got totally caught. For, uh, this was, I was like... Like, one of the volumes? No, it was oh. like issue one. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was like issue one. Uh, and I got caught. This was in the mine shop in Uptown Damansarajaya. Oh, God, that was here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was here. It was here. And I got fucking caught. What'd they do to you? Nothing. They let me off with a warning. But um... <laughs> were, you, were you barred from the comic shop? You ne'er do well? No, actually. I didn't go back there for like a month. And then I went back. 
and, and paid for stuff. <laughs> but I was like, can I, can I get a coffee? I was like, I was like, I was like 13. Yeah. I was like 13. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've tried to, st- that puts I, you on the straight and narrow after that, after, after that. No, I tried to steal comics again <laughs> and, I, and I got caught again <laughs> in, the, in, in Penang. You're the worst. Thief. I'm, I'm a terrible thief. I'm a terrible thief. <laughs> but battle angels. So anyway, um, Cameron is not going to direct it now. He's going to produce with talks with Robert Rodriguez to direct. Yes. I don't know about the Roderick, Robert Rodriguez thing. He's been up and down. Yeah. Um, well, again, because this isn't this, this isn't a property that I know too much about, so I yeah. don't really know how good or how bad a choice that Rodriguez is for it. When Robert Rodriguez is good, he's really good. Yeah. Um, I love Planet Terror. I really? love um, I love Desperado. I love Sin City. Um, Not such a fan of the Spy Kids movies or Shark Boy and Lava. Girl. You know, I never saw Shark Boy. I never saw Spy Kids two, three, and four. I saw Spy those Kids. Those are the, those are the awful ones. Yeah, I saw Spy Kids one, and I thought, as far as being, you know, a kid-friendly family family movie is concerned, I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, they, they flogged that to horse, and um, and I and I liked From Dust Till Dawn, so I don't really have any real issues with him. Mm. Um, I think he. I mean, again, for this, it needs to be. So it's about uh, it's about it's far in the future, and someone finds an amnesiac female cyborg who's like a killing mm. machine, but like. Now she's kind of like got to find a purpose. And Sin City Two wasn't so much bad as it was just kind of pointless. Yeah. You know, you watch Sin City Two and you're just thinking, why? Yeah. You know, it. You know, it, you, you do kind of think. Actually, you, I haven't seen it yet. I kept, I, mean, I, I, I kept, I kept sitting to watch it, and then I went, why? You do, you do watch it, and you do kind of think that one of the main reasons it's being made is not because Robert Rodriguez wants to do it, but because Frank Miller wants to do it. Yeah. It did kind of feel that way. It's like, God, did you see the spirit? Hurry up and make Sin City 2, Robert. <laughs> I need help. <laughs> I need help. I'm directing these fucking Givenchy commercials. <laughs> With Captain America and Tintin's wife. Yeah. <laughs> are they still married? Which one? Jamie Bell, Evan Rachel Wood. Are they still married? I don't yeah. know. It's Hollywood. They're probably divorced. We'll check it out. Check that out. Mm. And uh, let us know. By the way, if you ever want to like talk shit to us, you can email us at podcast at mcgappenfries.com. I, I got whiplash from that segue. <laughs> Talk shit to us. Podcast at thegapandfries.com. You've said it twice yourself. So yes, yes. So you don't have to repeat it. So yeah, we are, you know, a bit of real world news. We're recording this before all the Star Wars shit hits the fan again. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a new trailer this evening or tomorrow morning our time with the Monday, Monday Night Football. Yes, yeah, so you can currently watch teasers to the trailer. Yeah, but you can also see the poster, which is photoshopped, but looks like someone was heavily influenced by Drew Struden. Yes. Um, I prefer the long, the wide version, but... I'm starting to worry about this movie now because it looks like there is a large spheroid planet killing machine in it. Yeah, Death Star, the de- the new Death Star does kind of look like... <laughs> what the fuck is that shit? It's like a big ball with, with, that shoots lasers. I thought it was a mistake. It looks like a pool ball that opens up in the middle, but I thought it was a mistake. I thought it was something flying above a planet's surface and they forgot to Photoshop in the background of the planet. Yeah. Um. So I don't know... And also, they put, I still can't remember her name, her character's name, but Daisy Ridley, uh, Star Wars character Daisy Ridley. Is it is it Ray? Day or Ray? Something like that. But they put her staff thing, which if you look at the ends of it, people have been putting photos up online that they look a bit like lightsabers. Yeah, it's not. And her staff is parallel to Kylo Ren's yeah. staff. So See, I haven't even gone to the trouble to try and memorize these fuckers' names yet. But I, I just I, I can remember Daisy Ridley for some reason. Yeah, I remember the actress because it sounds like a Star Wars. John Boyega. Yeah. Adam Driver. <laughs> Daisy well, Ridley. Kylo Ren, Captain Phasma, and just Finn. Have they even said his second name yet? Uh, no, they haven't yet. Because they're it's a Skywalker yeah, or something like that. Yeah, or something like that. You know, 
you know, Luke, he was, you know, his like, second name is Chewbacca. He's, uh, his, uh, it's Chewbacca and Leah's a little bit Luke Skywalker, you know, culturally he's kind of cool, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and he's not on the poster. He's not on the poster. That is the main sort of thing. Because the force has not yet awoken. The force is still in bed and needs to get up. The whole and do thing's a, the whole thing's a fucking dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luke's gonna wake up and he's like, "Oh, I'm awake. Oh shit, it's the movie." <laughs> I was just gonna say that's like David Lynch. Have you again? Have you listened to Hollywood Babylon, the Kevin Smith and um, Ralph Garman podcast? I I've listened to some of them. Have you heard Ralph Garman's David Lynch impression? Uh, no. Have you heard Nicolas Cage's uh, David Lynch? No. It's amazing. Is it just shouting? Is no, it mostly no, no. just shouting? No, 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 it's not. It's like, no. well, what, what I was trying to do with this movie was, uh, I wanted to do this. It's kind of like, it's nasal and like, loud. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's nasal as well. Like, Nicolas Cage, uh, he did this um, uh, interview after a screening of Joe at South by Southwest. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing screening. Like, go and check it out. It's on YouTube. It's about half an hour long. It's an amazing um, uh, Q&A. And he's, his questions are amazing. They ask him, like, what's your two favorite roles? And he's like, probably Vampire's Kiss and Wicker Man. <laughs> you know? And, and it's just like... He's trolling himself. You know, and it's just amazing. And uh, he, was, he was talking about David Lynch, and he's saying that, like, uh, David Lynch, he's just so positive. Yeah. Everything is just really positive. Like, you'd be doing Wild at Heart, and after it'll take, it's like, oh, my God, Nick, that is amazing. It doesn't get any better than that. You know, and then they'd be at, they'd be at dinner, and Nicholas would be, Nicholas Cage would be saying, oh, I'm not too sure about whether I'm on the right track with the part and then uh, David Lynch would be just like, oh, hey, Nick, hey, Nick, that, that, that's the tequila talking there. That's the, that's the margaritas talking there. <laughs> Watch that uh, Q&A. Um, I mean, this whole thing with, uh, you know, Force Awakens, I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't excited. Of course yeah. I'm excited. But I really am at that point where it's, I'm just not... The fatigue not, is starting to kick in. You know, it, it's, it's not even fatigue. I just... It's at that point now where it start. You know, I'm just trying to. I'm just, just really, come out already. I'm just really sort of telling myself, like, you know, dude, it's it's just a fucking movie. Yeah. It's and, just a movie. And until that's, that's psycho, right? That's, and that's an, tagline to psycho. It's just a movie. Until it's it movie. until it blows my mind, that's exactly how I'm just going to approach the whole thing. Mm. Because yeah, it has every possibility of disappointing me. Yeah. And the more excited I choose to get. The higher the probability of me being disappointed. But because one thing the, I hope is, to what God. These one of these teasers that shows just shows um, Oscar Isaac's uh, again getting out of his Oscar Isaac getting out of his Tie Fighter and like walking across a crowded airstrip area, and your man John Boyega is just wandering around looking lost, and he just kind of claps him on the shoulder. That's the teaser. I'm like, well, I could have done another take. Yeah, you know what I mean. But one thing I just hope to God, and if you look at the uh, the credits on the poster that does sort of fill me with a little bit of hope because the three the three main characters are the new ones no no the uh the the top billing goes to the three originals yeah harrison ford oh. mark hamill and carrie fisher right uh of course now harrison ford gets top billing because right. he's harrison ford mark no, hamill gets second billing mm -hmm. carrie fisher gets third billing and then all the new guys are after that okay but i have heard that like it's harrison ford and the new guys mostly maybe right. i don't care but all, all, <laughs> all i'm saying is that you better not fucking kill off Luke Skywalker. Well, no, they can't because he's in the second one. No, yeah, but he could still be a fucking, like, ghost. He could be a Jedi. A force ghost. He could be a force ghost. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's ways around it. I, was gonna, I thought you were joking for a moment and I thought, like, oh, no, yeah, force, force ghosts are a thing. You know, but it's, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Dark Empire, you know, that fucking yeah, comic. Yeah, yeah, the clone. And I, uh, I want to see a badass fucking Luke Skywalker. 
Yeah. We were robbed of a badass Luke Skywalker. Where he falls to the dark side. You know, you know I mean, whatever. Because he's a Jedi like his... Oh, yeah. Whatever. I mean, like... You want to see him tearing down Atats. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I want to see him fucking... Ripping a Star Destroyer out of the fucking sky like, with the like, sheer power of his balls. I mean, the Force. Like the original sort of like eight-minute Clone Wars thing on, on Cartoon Network where Mace Windu took out an entire armada of motherfuckers. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I... On his the Gen own. D, the Gen D on his own. Song. Not even... Yeah. Not even using his saber. Just using the Force. <laughs> <laughs> I, want to, I want to see Luke Skywalker doing that shit. Yeah. They wrote that they painted themselves Don't into a Don't fucking corner. bitch out and like kill him off like 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 fucking Obi Wan. Yeah, no, I can't do that. Yeah, you never know, man. You never know. It might fucking happen. So and if that happens, fuck I, this movie. Did I mention <laughs> in the last podcast that they were shooting something at the, one of the remote islands off yeah, the coast and, of Ireland? Yeah, and Mark Hamill nearly died. Yeah, yeah. No, he didn't. Oh, he, the nearly died thing was bullshit. It was just more like he went to the pub and was pouring pints. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was pulling pints. I saw that. That was very fun. That's cool. No, Mark Hamill is... He's, he's a fucking legend. So we'll see if we can be asked to record something later when the trailer... That's tomorrow. Fuck it. No, we're not doing that, are we? No. Next week, we'll talk about what we thought of the new trailer. Yeah, why yeah. not? Uh, other news. Uh, so, Sonia Comic-Con... New York Comic-Con, basically, they had the news that the Killing Joke animated version they're going to make, they've been given permission to go Warner for, Bros. To go, to go for, for an R rating, yes. If they want to, but they haven't decided to whether they're not going to do it or not. Do it. Do it. Do it, man. Do it. Fucking do it. You've been given permission. Yeah. For those of you who don't know the Killing Joke, it's Alan Moore, right? It's Alan Moore and Brian Boland. Brian Boland. The Brian Boland artwork is fun. I have it at home. I have that one of the hard copy editions. I have the original. No, I have, yeah. I have the first print, but it's not in good condition. Mm. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, not it's, in good it's condition. the one where the Joker fucking paralyzes Barbara Gordon and is like, very ambiguous ending. Yes. Although not if you ask Alan Moore. Yes. <laughs> He's like, it's very clear that what happens at the end of it, according to Alan Moore. But, um... I mean, I remember, because I remember I, I got uh, I got the comic, not quite knowing what it was when I when I first got read it. I had no idea who Alan Moore was. I had yeah. no idea the, the the relevance of anything. But the most uh, chilling uh, sort of as yeah yeah the most chilling aspect of it, which I thought was brilliant, was the joke that the Joker tells Batman at right the at the very end at the very end, and that that moment where Batman just sort of like takes it in. And, and then starts laughing. And starts laughing his ass off. <laughs> I, just, I had never had it. Like, it was the most... Um, it was the first time ever that a comic felt like a movie. Yeah. It had transcended the medium right there. In yeah. The space. Yeah. You could, you could hear it. And, uh, like, the sort of visual reference in my mind was, like, when, when Shane Black tells Sonny Lanham that joke in Predator. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like where he, ha- he takes that moment. He's like, geez, you got a big pussy. Geez, you got a big pussy. <laughs> Why'd you say it twice? I didn't. It's because of the... Was the echo <laughs> and, and that moment where, where fucking Sonny Landham's just <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and then the moment when the laughing stops yeah again yeah. I, I never even yeah, yeah, put yeah, that yeah, together yeah, yeah. until later but yeah. yeah no brilliant brilliant I hope so, they, I hope they go for an, a hard R I yeah mean, it would be cool if there's any Batman story that warrants it it's that one it's that one yeah and I'm so glad that Mark Hamill is doing that oh he's in that one as well yeah very awesome yes yeah yeah that's no, no, one no because like remember in the uh the fat man on batman mm-hmm. where he was saying that he's like he's circling he, a few things where he's when because like arkham asylum was supposed to be his last go around as joker or oh, something. Right, yeah. but um he did in in fat man on batman which i think was before that kevin smith did ask him like what about killing joke yeah would you ever come you back know, would that? you ever come back with killing joke and he's just like you, you could hear it in his voice like, I kind of have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's fucking killing joke. Yeah. 
So yes, I mean, I'm. It's. I was very, very happy to hear that Mark Hamill is indeed going to be voicing the Joker in the Killing. Did they announce the Batman? Is it Kevin Conroy? I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. He is the because you know, I mean, y- you have like visually in your minds, you have like your favorite Batman and your favorite Joker. Um, and I mean, considering you know, we're, yes, we're you know, Kevin Smith's a bit older than us, but I do tend to hear Kevin Conroy's voice if I'm reading Batman. Yeah. It's it is sort of because in your mind those characters are a bit larger than li- they are larger than life. Whereas mm. you know Nolan really wanted to ground everything. Mm. Um, yeah, I d- I d- I, if I'm reading a Batman comic, I definitely I, do I not d- hear Christian Bale. I do not. He- I do not hear the Batman voice. <laughs> you know, like uh, to me, the guys who got the Batman voice best, it's Kevin Conroy, and then a very distant second is Michael Keaton. Mm. You know, uh, as far as Jokers go, it'll like. Uh, you know, like Heath Ledger and Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, and Heath Ledger was just a different take on it. It was fantastic. Yeah. So I think we talked about a while ago about the whole mix-up of what was going on between uh, Legendary and Warners and everybody in regard to the monster movies. Yes. So yes. there has actually been a press release that I somehow wandered my way into. So uh, Legendary and uh, Warner Brothers have announced a trio of films. 2017, Kong Skull Island will still go ahead. Yep. Then we'll get Godzilla 2 in 2018. And then, then you will get Godzilla Kong versus King Kong, Kong in 2020. I don't quite know how that's going to work. No. Because like, Godzilla is way bigger than King Kong. <laughs> yeah. Kong's going to work out. He's going to hit the gym. He's going to hit the gym. He's going to get, some, he's gonna, he's gonna get juiced. He's going to get hyped. I'm hot. <laughs> I'm big. <laughs> I mean, because it was—it it seemed like they were going to fuck around this thing and drop it and whatever. But like, it does seem now they're full steam ahead and they've agreed everything. They might even team up and like take on take Mecha on Godzilla or Ghidorah. No, oh, there was something about they—they they did line up. There was some rumor about them talking to Toho to line up some of those rights to try and throw some of those guys in, so you could have a Kong Godzilla versus Monster Island mashup. It's goofy as fuck, man. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those it's one of those things where it's like I can't wait to see it. I I have no idea if it's going to be any good, yeah. <laughs> but I really can't wait to see this shit. I still think the the, the, the 2014 Godzilla was a nice surprise. I enjoyed I enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Could have done with a little bit more Brian Cranston, just a little bit. Just a little bit. A little less. Since since he was like the best thing in it. Yeah, and a lot less. <laughs> a lot of, less kick ass. Well, yeah, a lot less kick ass. A lot less kick ass. Should have kicked more ass. Had a lot less kick ass. So there's a rumor from Variety this week that Ellen Page is in talks to star in a Flatliners remake. That is a movie that is underrated, I think, these days. It's not it, underrated, it's fallen by the wayside these days. It's one of those forgotten 90s classics. How um, can you forget a movie where Kiefer Sutherland gets repeatedly beat up by a hockey stick and by the kid from Harry and the Hendersons? I know, I know. I, I Personally, I'm a big, big Flatliners fan. I love it. And and it's one, it's, it's one of those weird things. This is a remake I'm not particularly, uh, I don't really have an issue with. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm, I'm interested to see how they would, they would do it. Um, but when you talk about dream cast, you talk about Kiefer like, Sutherland, just uh, Julia Roberts, Julia Oliver Roberts, Platt, Oliver Kevin Platt, Bacon, William Baldwin, William Baldwin, <laughs> William Baldwin, when he was still, you know, yeah. when he was still officially a Baldwin. Yeah, you know, <laughs> before, he got, before he just excommunicated, like, before he married Wilson Phillips. <laughs> <laughs> what all of them? Yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, it's a done deal. You know, you got, you got to get both of them. Yeah. Um, just three of them yeah he holds on (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ellen Page yeah that could work maybe I mean it depends who they put around her and what role she's playing I I suppose I mean I I mean it's again though because because they're all you know you forget now because you kind of like see them as they are now but this is a a movie about medical students like like genius medical students who 
try to cheat death you know it's like and they, the main one ends up looking like shit for the second like the three quarters of the movie because yeah. they're haunted but they they go to the they, they flatline they kill themselves yeah they go to the afterlife but they accidentally bring back some treasure some guilt or whatever and yeah like, by it. like whatever is unresolved from their yeah. from their from their history comes back and fucks them so the kid the keeper suddenly is the bully comes back with a hockey stick and just beats the everletting shit yeah, out of him every opportunity he gets and, and it's got that great line it's one got one of the best opening lines in a movie ever where you're like a keeper suddenly he's there he goes by the docks he looks out at the sun and then he's just like Today's a good day to die. Yes. <laughs> and he's playing like full on Kiefer. Like he's yeah, kind of yeah. rock god Kiefer in that he's, movie. He's basically, he's basically playing his character from The Lost Boys. Yes, only as a med student. But as a med student. Med student slash rock star. Yeah. And even Kevin Bacon, you know, he's like, he's got the long fucking hair and everything. He's the, he's the slightly more sensible one. Yes. Right? His, his, yes. his, his nightmare inducing stuff isn't quite so bad if I remember. Yeah, correctly. yeah, yeah. Julia Roberts is horrifying. His, I mean, his, 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 uh, his nightmare stuff is that black kid, that, that black, little black girl that he used to make fun of. Oh. And, and she corners him in the train. You know, it's like, hey, got a match? Well, I do. Your face in my ass. Ad <laughs> <laughs> looking son of a bitch. <laughs> it's just, and he goes to visit her and he says sorry, and then he, he's he's fine. Meanwhile, Keeper Sutherland is still getting hockey repeatedly. Yeah, just the getting face. the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> the only one who doesn't flatline is Oliver Platt's character. Yeah, and and uh, and <laughs> it's good. I mean, it is. I really enjoyed it. Who was that? Was that Schumacher? Yeah, it was Joe yeah, Schumacher. Schumacher. Joe Schumacher, you know, I mean, he's become like the butt of so many jokes now because of Batman, the Batman series. But he did so many things. Even but, after that, he did more things. But he he's done some really good yeah. films. Yeah. You know, even after Batman, like after Batman, he did Tigerland. Hmm. You know, with Colin Farrell. Uh, you know, I mean, he just got a bad run of drugs at one point. It's like he directed The Lost Boys. He directed Saint Elmo's Fire. He directed uh, Flatliners. He directed. Fucking, you know, he's directed some good movies. Yes, real good movies. Yeah, just bad luck. Just bad luck. Yeah, when someone says, "Do you want nipples on the bat suit?" Yes or no? You always say no. (laughs) And also, if you have someone asks you for a god ray, what do we say? Yes. (laughs) Uh, We have a few snippets across the show from Aliens this week, but uh, Neil Blomkamp is being a massive fucking tease yet again. Um, he's got to put a fucking pipe on this shit because he's not even going to shoot his film until Ridley Scott's done shooting Prometheus. Oh, well, well, they're in pre-prod already, right? They're, they're definitely in pre-prod. I mean, this is a full-on. They've got. He's basically showing up pulse rifles on his Instagram. Yeah. Hey. Oh, but, oh yeah. The, the the pulse rifles are available again. Yeah, that's later on. Thanks for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for. Thanks for. Don't bury the lead. How am I supposed to know? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's he's showing that again. So he just shows a new pulse rifle with a. A weird-looking sightless thing on it, which looks more nowy. I think it needs to get rid of that crap. Use the original style, look better as fuck. Yeah. Um. And I guess you got this for news. Yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, the other thing for news uh, I got is that um. I want to kind of touch on this because you got involved in the Kickstarter, right? Was it Kickstarter? Was yes. it Indiegogo or something? And it worked out for you, right? Yes, it worked out for me. So there's one come up and now for Friday the Thirteenth, the game. Right. Now and it is a part. It's a what they call a asymmetrical video game where one person plays as Jason, and everyone else plays as seven camp counselors. And you get to kill like big titty versions. Yeah, and you get to do it in like whatever way you want. Like you can hold them up, you can just strangle them while the other tree try to kill you. You can do all this other kind of shit. They have like pointed out that like there is a way for the counselors, or there, at least there are multiple ways for the counselors to in fact kill Jason. Right. But he may still come back after that. 
<laughs> which is which is cool. But the, the thing I have to say about this is, and if you look at a website called Kotaku, if you Google Kotaku, failed successful Kickstarters, mm -hmm. this is looking for $700,000. Now, I'm not sure if they're like, I can't remember if they're like fully through their initial part of development or not. For video game, I mean, okay, if it's only one multiplayer mode, maybe that will work. Right. That's not an awful lot. No. Um, and I think it's just to draw attention, there's been a couple of Kickstarters recently where they made their goals. And then they went on to fail miserably. And there's been a couple of cases where uh, there's been class action lawsuits in a certain number of states where they can get enough people together. Yeah. Always be aware Kickstarter is not a pre-order. No, no. You are, this is money you are pissing away. Like literally, yeah. you are just throw, you might as well throw this into a fucking a keg of beer. Yeah, no, the, the, uh, the death of Superman lives. Yeah. When I um, sort of uh, contributed money to that, it was after their Kickstarter campaign. Oh, really? It was, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, the, it was yeah. the second go around where they were like, we kind of fucked up how much money we needed. Yeah. We actually need this much. And to be fair, that worked. And it it, worked. That, and that kind of approach has happened before. But when it comes to Kickstarter now, if it's not a team I've heard of, like the one, the one thing I Kickstarter was a game by one of the video guys who uh, wrote uh, the Secret of Monkey Island game. Yeah. And I was like, right, that's someone who's done it before. Yeah. I, they did ask for more money later, but they didn't ask for more money off me. It's yeah. like, we were asking for more. We, we got so much to start with, we got a little over ambitious, so we put a bit more into it, but you know, we need some more to actually do what we need to do. But if you got the original Kickstarter, you're still getting both halves of the game. If you give us more money now, we'll do the same thing, but we'll make it better. Yeah. But I backed a team, not a concept. Right, yeah. So be very careful of that. As I said, look at Kotaku, I'll put the link in. There's a link of ones that made their budget and exceeded it massively. Yeah. Went through the process and were delivering updates. And there was one recently where the guys just disappeared. Their website went offline. There's no details of what the real names were. They just took the money and run. And Kickstarter have nothing to protect you against that. Yeah. So this sounds like a good idea. It's $440,000 so far. It's got 25 days to go. It's $700,000 to want to make. Back if you want, but be aware. Invest at your own. You're not investing, sorry. Just throw money at this at your own risk. Yeah, no, I mean, like with, with the with the uh, uh, the Superman Lives documentary, I it was it, it was a very simple thing of like I want to watch this documentary. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I mean, it's and it was you know it was it was it's got to be an amount that you're willing to say goodbye to. Yeah, it's, you know, if don't got, don't, if you, don't don't try and think that this is your way into the industry because no, it isn't. No, it's absolutely not. Yeah. Cool. Moving on to trailers. Uh, did you hear about the loudest silent movie on earth? No. Gutter Dameron? No, what the fuck is this? Gutter Dameron. So the trailer is out. It is supposed to be a silent movie, but people talk during it. It stars Slash, Josh Hom from Queens of Stone Age, mm -hmm. Lenny Kilmister. I didn't realize Lenny from Motorhead's name was Kilmister. I thought his second name was from Motorhead. Lenny from Motorhead, Grace Jones, Iggy Pop, the band Justice, Henry Rollins. Of course, Henry Rollins is in this. And, of, you know, and actually, when you see him, you're like, Oh, he's playing against type. He's playing an angry white man. <laughs> Slayers, Slayers, Tomariah, Volbeat, Mark Lanigan, Nina Hagen. Nina Hagen's from the eight, from the Cardigans, right? The Cardigans, right? Yeah, yeah. And Jesse Hughes. So basically what this is, is like secret cinema, the rock show. Right. So it's a black and white movie where all of, uh, all of evil on earth has been put into Satan's own guitar. And Iggy Pop decides to, as a fallen angel, unleash it back on the planet. Two girl, one girl goes to get it for freedom. One girl goes to get it for tricked into it by Henry Rollins. There's some weird shit with Lemmy driving a World War One tank. Apparently, it's going to be shown as part of like there's going to be a show in London mm -hmm. where they show it on the screens and it's accompanied by a live rock band. 
Wow. Okay. And it's called Gutterdammerung. Because the Gutterdammerung is like the ending. It's an apocalyptic thing. I think it was one of the, the arcs in The Invisibles by Grant Morrison. But it's a, it's a German thing. Like the, it's in the Nibelungen Ring. It's a, it's a terminology for the Ragnarok or something like that. Right. And this is just like, it looks a bit like Sin City, but more metal. Crazy. So Gutterdammerung. Check it out. We, we'll have the link in. The, we'll have the links for all the trailers as usual. will be on the website. Yeah, so from up high in heaven, a punk angel, vicious, portrayed by Iggy Rob, looks upon the world with weary, bored eyes. Behind God's vac, vicious sends the devil's guitar back to earth, and sin in all its forms return to mankind. Oh yeah, and Rollins is playing an evil Puritan priest. Again, completely against type, right? Mm-hmm. It looks kind of cool. One thing that I managed to avoid for a while, and I only watched just before coming over here, was the trailer for the new Coen Brothers movie, Hail Caesar. Yes, I saw this. Did you see this? Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. the Coenest thing ever. Yep, and it looks great. It looks very funny. It looks, it looks like it's very much Oh Brother Where Art Thou. It's Oh Brother Where Art Thou with all of the funny bits from Barton Fink mm. uh, and Hudsucker Proxy thrown in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, so yeah, I, I can't wait. I mean, I love it when the uh, when the Coens do screwball comedy. Do screwball comedy. I mean, like, because I even like the ones that people don't like. Like, I love the Lady Killers. Mm. I'm yeah. not mad on that one. I, I I thought it was fucking funny. I like I like the I like uh, intolerable cruelty. I like their humor. Their mm. humor, because even I mean yes, of course the movies have issues, yeah. but there's something about their humor that feels very displaced in today's world. Yeah, and that's what I like about so, it. It's, I think, it's this, very much a it's very much a throwback. And this is why f- putting it in the 50s, 60s works really well. So it's a movie about a rec- a, 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 a <coughs> studio cinema studio executive who is putting together his biggest show yet. And someone kidnaps his leading man, Baird Whitlock, who of course is played by George Clooney. Yeah, like uh, for some bizarre reason, like George Clooney must have this prerequisite. Like if I'm in, if I'm in a Coen Brothers movie, I must play a retard. Yes. You know, it's like every time he's in a Coen Brothers movie, he <laughs> plays the stupidest man, yeah, except Intolerable Cruelty. Right. Yeah. In, except that, but even even then, you know, he gets outsmarted. Yeah. You know, because in this, he's forgetting his lines all the time and stuff, and he spends it's it's, it's like a Wes Anderson movie in that he seems to he sp- seems to spend the whole movie in. Caesar Garb, no matter where he is. Yeah. And there's a great line where there's a kid where he rolls it. Because Josh Brolin's the main guy who, again, yeah. Josh Brolin looks like Dick Tracy, the original drawing yes. in the cartoon yes. now. In, yes. the, in that, he, he's, he's aged to that face. Yes, he has. And there's a kid who says, like, Hey, mister, I know it sounds screwy, but someone's calling you from the future. <laughs> because the kidnap group have called themselves the, the future. future. <laughs> and that's like, that right there is like, that is pure, unadulterated grade A Cohen. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Cohen's also, I mean, they uh, they contributed very much to the Bridge of Spies script. Oh, really? Yeah, they, I didn't know that. They co-wrote it. They oh. co-wrote it. Yeah, and um, and you can hear you can hear the, some of the Coen Brothers stuff in there. But it it does look like I was watching because I, I I saw people posting it. And I was like, uh, I'm not ready yet. And I watched it just today. And I was like, I mean, look, I it, you know I'm not a huge fan of Barton Fink. You know? Oh yeah, you're not. No, not really. But like, and and some of them, Italian Bar- as well. Barton Fink was the movie that got me into the Coens. Was it? Yeah. Like it was Raising Arizona got me into the Coens. Yeah. I discovered Raising Arizona late. Like the first Coen Brothers movie I watched was Raising Arizona. Uh, it was uh, uh, Barton Fink. Wow. I mean, I told you about taking my friends excitedly to go and see The Man Who Wasn't There. Oh, yeah. And yeah, one of yeah. them stood no, up no, at no, the no, end. No, 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 no. One you, of them stood up at the end and said, McNally, you've got a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> While the credits were still fucking rolling. I would never take a group of friends to watch any Coen Brothers movie. Well, that's where the, that's where the McNally rule started. I'm going to see this movie. Research it on your own time. Decide if you want to come. Let me know by three o'clock. I'll have tickets. This is what I'm doing. Yes. (laughs) 
and one of my friends nearly lost her mind because there was a piece of music playing throughout that film the entire way through that film mm-hmm. that she was like had to learn when she was a child mm-hmm. so she was just sitting there rocking back and forth because the music plays throughout the entire film mm-hmm. and then it's in black and white so I don't think she slept for weeks afterwards you got a lot to answer for me <laughs> <laughs> another very cool trailer that I again I had avoided until just watching it today was Eat Your Friends you see this no, what is this? So this is Nicholas Holt. It's based on the book by John Niven. Kill Your Friends. I thought it was, oh, Kill Your Friends. Oh, yeah, Kill Your Friends. <laughs> I think I was hungry when I was typing notes up. <laughs> this is the one where he's in the music industry. Yes, right? yeah, yeah. and it has a fantastic beginning where it's like, oh, the music, it, it, the, 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 the first 30 seconds of the trailer looks like that EDM terrible. What was it? Big, we Are Your Friends. Mm. It has like, oh, the music industry is all this, it's all this, it's all this. And then Nicholas Holt's like, fuck off. <laughs> and, you know, it's record scratch. Yeah. And it's like cutthroat industry these fucking hanger on party wannabes are one of us is gonna lose our job gonna be me Mm -hmm. and it looks really fucking good there's a really nice mix of good thing by fine young cannibals running through it it looks clever it looks smart it's got nicholas holt who i think is he's on a very good run i like nicholas holt yeah he lives and dies in the fury road (laughs) i still haven't seen what I still haven't seen Fury Road. What? I still haven't seen Fury Road. I'm sorry. Okay, I need to insert a record scratch at this point. What the fuck? Uh, what the fuck? What don't you fucking you understand? understand? Fucking kick your fucking ass. What don't you fucking understand? You'll never, di- you'll never die historic on the Fury Road in Valhalla. I just, I just, uh, I just haven't gotten around to seeing it yet. I know I'm supposed to. I know, I know. So we'll be holding auditions for new co-hosts. <laughs> <laughs> you have. Ugh! Yeah, all right. That makes right. me so angry. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Fuck. I've been like working. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Catching up on like other important shit. They were kind of funny looking. Like fucking Veep. <laughs> <laughs> You've been watching the Veep Road. Uh, there's another trailer for The Good Dinosaur, which is get it's this movie just weirds me out. Um, I saw the first trailer, and that's about it. I have no desire to see any other trailers. I'm not even sure if I have any desire to see watch the movie. The movie. Now, I mean, you have a, a dark heart made of the blackest metal known to man. As you like to keep reminding yeah. everyone. Yes. Yeah. But this is weird. Like, remember before we talked about how the T-Rexes... I, are the T-Rexes I, look, I, I know it looks weird. I saw the first trailer. But the T-Rexes look kind of weird. Uh-huh. That's before Sam Elliott voices one and asks the good dinosaur to be a decoy. Isn't isn't Steve Zahn also one of the voices? That might that sounded familiar. But it was like, listen, you're a kid. I'm gonna need you to go out there and do the thing with the old thing. I'm gonna run this, and he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, you gotta get out there. You, and do you it. got you got a good sarsaparilla. Yeah, I mean, what's with all the cussing? I like your style, dude. What's with all the salt language? <laughs> but I mean it's either him or Josh Brolin but it's like and the, the T-Rex's eyes are squinty you know you can barely see them they're yeah. so like in folds yeah. and I was like from what we saw before it looked like the T-Rexes were realish now it's just a beautifully rendered landscape with cartoon dinosaurs in it it's bizarre and the human doesn't talk he barks oh right and everyone seems to think that the father dinosaur dies at the beginning whereas it looks like they're just separated mm-hmm but already people are crying at the trailer. It just it looks so weirdly goofy. I mean, if you're going for that style, like the background, the foreground characters look like Ice Age. The background looks like fucking Disney's dinosaur. Do you know what I mean? Right, right, it, right. It's just, that disconnect, I'm still not it's getting like, that. It's like Titan A. Awesome. Yeah, Titan A, where like, you know, you got the characters, they're all like sort of like 2D. And then the bad guys the with 3G. Yeah. 3D, yeah, yeah. Um, 
let's do more trailers. Have you got anything? You got no trailers. The final Spectre trailer. I realized watching this, I don't even know what a Bond movie is anymore. Again, I have. A f it's one of those weird things, and I, I, I'm at. I just. I don't give a shit. Hmm. I just don't give a shit because the James Bond that I know is no longer the James Bond that is now playing on the screen. Yeah. And I'm not saying they're bad movies. Yeah. There, it's just. It's just not the James Bond that I know and love. Yeah, I just watched this trailer. I'm like, what? I mean, I, mean, I understand. There's <coughs> the cachet of Bond. Like, if I've never seen Bond before and I watch this movie, I'm like, I just trailer. I'm like, what? Yeah. Like, I literally don't know what's going on. Yeah. There's a man in the desert with a suit cocking a gun. Yeah. There's a little small fella, Christoph Gans, that which they've made to shoot. Look, he looks really small. He looks hobbit size in this for some reason. Yeah. And he's like, oh, why did you come here, Bond? I came here to kill you. I thought you came here to die. It's a bad opinion. What the fuck is that? Yeah, I mean, they're assuming that you know the character, and of course we know the character, but now they've decided to go on in this whole other narrative hmm. that is basically, it's like, well, if you haven't seen the other movies, then fuck you. No. You know, and James, the James Bond franchise should not be like that. No, it should be one and done. Yeah, you know, one and done. Yeah. And the fact that the Sam Mendes has, you know, decided to go whole, you know, fucking, you know, James Bourne begins with it, mm. you know, it just kind of annoys the shit out of me, you know, and, and I'm just, I, I'm, I'm over it, you know, I'm over it. That's the title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just over it. Okay. And, and again, I'm not saying they're bad <clears throat> movies. This is not me saying this movie sucks. This is just me saying this is not the James Bond I know. Yeah. And therefore, and as, a, as like, as so many, as we've just said, that Hail Caesar trailer, it's fucking funny. I know nothing about that movie. I instantly knew what that movie's about. I got its vibe. I got everything about it. Nailed it. The Spectre trailer, I'm like, what is this? Yeah. What is this? Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Something we, uh, there's a trailer, again, Netflix. A, a very Merry Christmas. I yeah. saw this. Yeah. Did, you saw the trailer for it? Yeah, yeah I saw the trailer. Well, a, there was a trailer where it was just like him, but now there's a trailer where they're showing all the singers yeah, and stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And it's also Chris Rock is wearing a coat for some reason. Yeah, you know, it's got, you know, it's got the comedy cast from, from fucking heaven. Yeah. It looks fun. Yeah. It might be another one where I pay for this. I mean, I might pay the $7 and get the VPN. It's one of those trailers where you have no clue what's going on. No. But hey. No, well, apparently it's like he's putting on a show and the snow is stopping it. And that's it. One final trailer I want to mention is, have you heard of Ratchet and Clank? It's a game, right? Yeah. But this movie never really mentions it's a game. Hmm. This movie, I think it has Sylvester Stallone, has John Goodman and a few other people in it. But the main characters are voiced by the main characters from the video games. If this is successful, it could actually be a new way of doing things where they're not they're not trying to count out to like you know be cool or count out the video game audience. It's looked like they've just taken a story about this little raccoon thing who wants to join join the police the interactive police corps and he's not allowed to do it and then he finds a robot who has some good knowledge and then they do it anyway and it looks like the game and I've never played those games because I don't have a PlayStation but it looks kind of funny and it looks like a movie. Hmm. It does not look like there's no like from the makers of Sony PlayStation or any of that kind of shit on right. there. Which is pretty a good way to do it, I think. I feel cool. Cool stuff. So we talked about Sam Mendes, and he seems like a nice guy because he does do guest. He guest edits uh, Empire every year, well, so every year a Bond movie comes out. Oh right, okay. So I'm not sure if you've seen this, but there's a very cool article where um, he guest edits and he interviewed a whole load of A-list directors and just had a shit ton of questions. So Edgar Wright's in there, Steven Spielberg, Christopher Nolan, um. Steven Soderbergh, a load of them. Apparently, I mean, the last question is a humdinger. The last one is like, you know, would you prefer to become an accountant? None of them can do math. <laughs> so, which is interesting. Yep. Like, none of them were like, nah. I, I think one of them said, is that still a choice? Can I still do that? 
but uh, it was Edgar Wright, Joe Wright, a good few of them. So it's on their it's on their website. Have a, I'll give you the link, link through to the majority of it. it. It's a lot of fun. There's it's some good, interesting takes on a different take from directors acting directors. So cool, cool. We are but two days away from peak Back to the Future. Yes, twenty first of October two thousand fifteen. Despite what you fucking heard, is the actual day that Marty and Dot travel to in the future in Back to the Future two. Yeah. So we've already had hoverboards. We've had um, we've had the uh, the the high top Nikes, the self lacing high top. Someone Nikes. reposted a photo. I think they might be releasing even more Nike Air Max for the day. I still want my, you know, drying jacket. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have announced uh, Pepsi Perfect Two. They will be selling this on the Pepsi website. Yep. It'll be twenty dollars fifteen cents, mm-hmm. which is pretty funny. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, and it's the Pepsi Perfect bottle that um, is it Michael uh, Jackson and the Ayatollah Khomeini that uh, Marty McFly Jr. orders Pepsi Perfect. Yeah, and Pepsi. And but, but Marty tries to order with the two yeah, uh, Max yeah, Headroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael, is it oh, no, Ronald, it's Reagan Ronald Reagan and the Ayatollah Khomeini? Yes, yes. It's like have Pepsi, have Coke. Is it have Pepsi and Coke or is it Sprite or something? Because we've been all one company. Welcome, to, welcome to Cafe. Welcome to Cafe Ladies. Yeah. Before uh, Marty McFly goes and plays Griff. plays a video game with Elijah Wood. Yeah, almost like a baby's toy. Use your hands. You gotta use your hands. <laughs> it's like a baby's toy. Okay, when that movie came out, was what? That was eighty five. Was the first one. When did the actual second one come out? Uh, eighty nine. Eighty nine. So eighty nine. Maybe. No, no, no. Eighty eight. Eighty eight. And then this. No, no. Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Because uh, part two and part three came out in the same year. Like, I think part two was... Were they a year apart? Was it summer one was a Christmas, was it? I thought it was a year apart. I thought it was really? two summers. I can't remember. I can remember them being shot at the same time. We all know that. Yeah, yeah, they were shot at the same time. Like, uh, I can't remember, but... Well, then it might have been a bit too old to be playing with toy soldiers. But so then so then maybe 88 and it was part yeah. two, and then 89 was... I might have been a little too old to play with toy, so- toy soldiers, mm-hmm. but I was not too young to have not seen Aliens by that point. Yeah. Um, there, have you seen these? These are um, toy soldier aliens yeah. and calling them marines. Yes, no, I've seen it. These they're, look pretty badass. They're pretty badass. Like, <laughs> I, they're really cool looking. They're like they're just like the Toy Story, like the, the toy soldiers from Toy Story, but they're marines and xenomorphs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get thirty five in a bag. I think the price has been confirmed at ten US dollars. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. Although not bad. it's fucked for us now. Yeah, that's like the price of a small home in Malaysia. Yeah, yeah. And keeping it aliens, what you to get yet again, the pulse rifle's back, but this time it's cheaper. Well, mm-hmm. no, it's not again with inflation. Fuck, because yeah. the last time was $600, right? Yeah. We went to San Diego yeah. Comic Con and I said I would get one if I saw one. Yeah. $600. Yeah, but even then it was pre order. You couldn't pick it up. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you'd be <laughs> looking it through fucking hand luggage. <laughs> yeah. How do you do the check insert? Just this M1. I'd like to introduce you to my little friend, my friend. Yeah. M1, yeah. M141A pulse rifle with upper and lower firing grenade launchers. Doesn't mean we're engaged or anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, go to oversized baggage. Um, so it's back again. It's a company called Hollywood Collectibles. Um, they have officially licensed them. They have them in the brown, which apparently is what they were made to look like, and the green, which is what they appeared on screen because yeah. the film treatment made yeah. them appear differently. Yeah. They're non-working. Yeah. They don't do anything. They don't do anything. The ones before, I think, had yeah. the you could, unlock you could, it and you, you could, could cock the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could cock it. You could smack the magazine in. Yeah. yeah. But uh, they're both available. They're available from... Um, is Empire Earth? Entertainment Earth. And then the, the green variant is only available at Hollywood Collectibles. four hundred ninety nine ninety five each. Yeah. Wow. It's a pretty penny. Mm. All right. It's uh, a pretty guitar. For 
cool stuff for me. Um, I'll be talking about posters. This is all of the stuff. Uh, of course you are. No, this is all the stuff that um, was on sale at the New York Comic Con. Oh, right. Uh, stuff that was available from uh, Grey Matter Art, mm. um, Hero Complex Gallery, and also the Bottleneck Gallery. All of the stuff uh, that was available that uh, was not all sold out at uh, the New York Comic Con is now available on their online store. Oh, but which one? All of them? All of them. I mean, oh. I mean, some of the stuff is already sold out. Okay. Uh, but my personal favorite, uh, go to Grey Matter Art and uh, check out Tom Whalen's Guardians of the Galaxy poster, uh, particularly the holographic foil edition. That is very, very cool. Um, also, all of the uh, Matt Ferguson work is very cool as well. Yeah. Um, the stuff that Matt Ferguson did for uh, the New York Comic Con was he did three uh, Captain America posters. Uh, one is just a regular edition, one is the variant edition, and another one is the uh, holographic foil edition. Um, but he also did um, three similar versions of Thor and Iron Man as well. That was not for the Comic-Con. That was already... Uh, uh, Grey Matter Art was already selling that before. Hmm. Um, so it's all still available, all of it, except for the holographic uh, foil uh, Iron, Man. Iron Man. Iron Man. Uh, but the holographic foil uh, Thor is still available, and the holographic Captain America is still available. Cool. Um, and uh, the Iron Man posters, all of them, whether it's the holographic foil or whether it's the variant or the regular edition, all of the Iron Man posters are also glow-in-the-dark. Sweet. So you might want to take a look at that. But my personal favorite is the Guardians of the Galaxy, Tom Whalen. Tom Whalen. Yeah. Cool. I'll put, I'll put links up on the site and, and you can check uh, those out. And all of them are still available. The regular edition is 50 US, variant is 75, and the holographic foil is 100. Something else I forgot to mention uh, with regards back to the future. Did you see the Jaws 19 trailer? Yes, I did. That's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. So, you know, Jaws 19 is featured in Back to Future 2. Yeah, directed S by uh, Spielberg's son. Max Spielberg, right? Mm. Um, but they, uh, it was Universal Home Video themselves. It was not a spoof by somebody else. They yeah. put it out themselves, and they went through all the Jaws's from Jaws 4, The Revenge, all the mm. way through. Like, it was like... I think Rob, uh, number eight was Robo Jaws. Number fifteen was where he fights off against a Russian mm -hmm. shark. Um, Ro Jaws seventeen was fifty scales of gray. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. And then Jaws eighteen was the original reboot, and then nineteen was a sequel to the reboot. Yeah. But the shark still looks fake. Yeah. <laughs> it's again, it's nice to see them getting in on that in that yeah. way. Like they're not pushing it any other way. Yeah. Um, we're gonna have Marvel's Jessica Jones starting, I think, in. Soon. Soon-ish. Yeah. Um, if you have Comixology app on your phone or iPad or tablet device or the PC, you can go to Comixology now and under free comics they have a preview coming. Mm -hmm. I only got a few pages in before my PC viewer broke. Mm -hmm. I haven't read it on the iPad I've, yet. I've, I've got it. I haven't read it yet. But it basically has her visiting a guy in hospital and he got beat up by Daredevil. Right. So that's the tie. Oh, and cool. she's looking for something else. So it seems like... I mean... This is a distinct tie-in to the TV show as opposed to the comic book. Yeah, so yeah, if yeah. that sets the tone, that's an interesting way to do it. Yeah, cool. And it, But it does feel that the Jessica Jones stuff is a little bit more humorous. A little bit, but they haven't sold that humor in the ads at all. Yeah. Like I, mean, it's, it's, I, I, I do kind of get it's the... It's implied humor. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of get that impression that, mm. the, that there is a slightly lighter tone. But... That show also has, like, that comic story has some it's got, real it's dark got, it's got, shit. It's got some fucked up shit in yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. People won't look at David Tennant the same way ever again. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned Thor there in, in relation to those posters. Did you see the video of Thor's hammer? 
I, I didn't look at it. No, no, no. So this was pretty cool. Some guy got a replica of Thor's hammer and he put electromagnets in it and a thumb scanner. Mm. So he would obviously do it over a, like it looked like Venice Beach or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he would do it near a sewer manhole or something like that. Mm-hmm. And once he lets go of it, like it's a capacitive scanner as well. So as soon as you touch it, they activate. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if it's not his thumbprint, no one can lift it. No one can lift it. Yeah. And it's it was hilarious watching people trying to figure it out and what he was doing, and he would just go over them, and like you could see, he would hold it for slightly a second longer, and then just pick it up and throw it around the place. But it's hilarious, and like these black dudes come and like, "I'm gonna fucking motherfucking rip this shit apart, <laughs> motherfucker!" And he's just like, <laughs> and it's 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 really good, uh, really good video. And again, he shows you how he made it, and it's like it runs off like double A batteries. But like it's super powerful magnets in it. It's so fucking cool. Uh, I'll put the link on the show notes as usual. Cool. Moving on to our emails. Again, if you would like to email us, you can get us at podcast at mm-hmm. Um Our prize winners from our September competition, our Green Man 136 competition, should be getting their prizes soon. Mm-hmm. We'll be announcing new ones soon. But in the meantime, again, we would like if we're sponsored by Green Man 136, it'd be great if you could go there. Yeah, no, Go go check the website out. There's a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, like one uh, one of the bags I have is the the Rainmaker. Similar to the Bootstrap, I think it's a backpack style bag. Is that right? Either way, it's water repellent. That's why it's called the Rainmaker. Um, comes in two sizes. Uh, it, it's TSA friendly, so they they build all of these bags. So if you're flying to the US, you have no problems with getting through. They can open it pretty quickly and check it all that shit out. Mm. So definitely check that out. That's the Rainmaker. That's green and Email one came in quite a while ago, and I kind of missed it because it was a comment on the website, not an email. Yeah. <clears throat> so this might take some time. First off, this comes from Tyson, who I know. Big noise, uh, he works at Microsoft. So he says, great stuff, and you guys are as handsome as ever, of course. You know this guy? Yeah. All right. Okay. But I do have a small gripe, Ian, with your 30-second review of what we do in the deck. Actually, it's what we do in the shadows, isn't it? What we do in the shadows. Yeah, so fuck you, Tyson, instantly. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) You fucked it. (laughs) Frankly, I laughed my ass off watching the film. Then I thought, perhaps it's just because I was drinking. So I watched it again sober, and ass fell right off again. Then I got Shah, his wife, to watch it, and she actually put her phone down and enjoyed it immensely, which is a huge accomplishment given that Instagram is available 24 by 7. Now she frequently (laughs) looks at me, waves her hand, and says, Be gone! That's right, guys, a non-nerdy girl quoting from a film. Wow. That's his wife. I've been married a couple of years now. Good years now. So I realized you had to rush your review due to babbling on about other cool stuff. But I think there, this is a super fun film that deserves much more love. If we could, if we, if only we could have more mockumentaries like this. First of all, the entire concept evokes a wonderful dichotomy of the undead versus the perhaps more distressing deadness of Wellington. The casual yet creepy obsession with virgins is hilarious. The idea of trying to keep the flat neat and tidy while murdering people is like he died with a falafel in his hand mixed with interview with a vampire. Let's be fair. Vlad makes a great point with, if you're going to eat a sandwich, you would enjoy it more if you know how, if you knew nobody had fucked it. <laughs> have, so, I met, have I met this guy? No, he's been gone a while. Uh, maybe you've met him once or twice. Right, right, right. Every vampire trope is explored in the context of, well, a flat share in New Zealand. So the practical implications of having no reflection leads to having the flatmates sketch each other so they can see how their outfits look. Needing to be, inviting, ne- needing to be invited into nightclubs, doing the vacuuming if you can fly, learning how to use the internet, how do you keep up with fashion if you're hundreds of years old? What happens when you want to eat your best friend? When your 8,000-year-old vampire flatmate won't come to meetings? When the cops come to investigate the screaming and burning smell with their very friendly community policing style, but you don't want to eat them until they finish pointing out safety tips like smoke detection? 
In general, the idea of a mockumentary allows you to play with all the Twilight genre stuff that annoys the crap out of you, but in every day, we are from New Zealand and we are a relevant point of view. Apart from that, have great music, uh, great original music, not to mention vampires doing erotic dances for each other, and there's a huge amount of research done to find histo- hilarious historical images of vampires, as well as great happy snaps of the flatmates living through history, e.g. the 80s or the difficulties of being a Nazi vampire. Plus... Again, this is the longest email we've ever gotten. <laughs> Plus, one of the greatest vampire transformation sequences se- se- transformation sequences cinema has ever produced, Train Spotting meets Bram Stoker's Dracula. And then, super unusual for mockumentary, there are subtle but funny special effects. Flying f- uh, fights over the bloody dishes, lack of reflection, and somewhat unsuccessful transformations into animals. The story kind of gets lost near the unholy masquerade at the end, but it doesn't really matter, as the plot is just an excuse to move on to the werewolves, not swearwolves, and bring the various characters back together. Not serious cinema, but after so much awful crap produced for the teen market around sparkly vampires, it's very fun to have some satire that's not some crappy grade B horror comedy. Well put. Well put. Very well put, Tyson. I did. I do. I didn't go back and listen to my review, but I do feel I underserved it. But it is, I think, a movie very much like when I saw. The I, got, fr- I got to admit that like that email puts your review to shame. Yeah, but here's the Tyson. Here's the Tyson. Cheers, Tyson. That's not just water. Nicely done. I do think it is a movie that will reward follow-up reviews. I remember the first time watching With Nail Nine first on VHS. Uh-huh. So I was still in secondary school. Yeah. It was summertime. Mm-hmm. And we did not have to work. Yeah. So that's 12 to 15-ish. Uh-huh. Not getting it. Really? Yeah, didn't find it funny. <laughs> Saw it again later. Funny. Yeah. Saw it again after that. Fucking funny. Saw it again after that quoting every motherfucking line i think this is one that will grow at that because moment to moment you're kind of figuring it out i think yeah no i think sometimes it really does depend on your frame of mind and uh, the baggage that you have Mm. going into it plus tyson's uh, from new zealand right right. so maybe that that, i mean a lot of it is that yes i think yes tyson you're from new zealand right i forgot right you're australian close enough whatever (laughs) it's like the whole American Canadian thing. It's mm. all fine. No, it's not fine at all. Like Kiwis and Kiwis don't like being referred to. Oh as yeah, that. I love it when I'm called English. I know I fucked, <laughs> fucked it. But um, those concepts alone, those are fantastic. But in between them, I do think there's a little bit of dead air. But Tyson's dead right. His review stands. Mine is dirt. Right. I'll get me coat. What we got? Thanks very much, Tyson. Thanks, uh, man. Thanks, man. That was a good one. Uh, email two comes in from Sonny and says, "How do you feel about Die Hard 6? This is how I feel. Oh, there's a picture of a kid with sunglasses sticking his tongue out. Um, I felt so strongly about it. I didn't even put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if I could give any less of a shit. Like, I ha- look at all. The, I feel like Spider Man in those memes. Look at all the fucks I don't give. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, uh, if. If you have any interest whatsoever in the history of the um, that's the picture. (laughs) Yeah, like I mean, if you have any interest uh, whatsoever in uh, getting in in finding out what, because the the whole idea behind uh, Die Hard Six is that it's a prequel. Yeah, but it's also it's a prequel. Yeah, with with bookends. With bookends. bookends. With bookends. So uh, um, I would say shove your shove your bookend up your fucking ass. I would say shove the bookend up your fucking ass. Fuck this movie. Um, if you have any interest in in in, do, in uh, finding out like any anything about a Die Hard prequel, I would recommend the Boom Studios Die Hard comic. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't heard of that. Um, 
the Boom Studios Die Hard comic, which is essentially what they are proposing. It is about John McClane when he was still a beat, uh, a uniform beat cop. Oh. Um, it's I'm, not. It's not brilliant. It's not brilliant, but it's good enough. It's they, as good as you can expect it's, it's, for the concept. Because the concept it, is dog shit. Yeah, it's as good as you can expect. Um, and uh, it's you know it's Howard Shaken. Oh, and, you, and you could do a lot worse than Howard Shaken. Yeah. And, and they're not. They sure as fucking gonna get someone like Howard Shaken to write the fucking movie. No. So yeah, check that out. Don't check, check out. Check out Check out Die Hard Year One from Boom Studios hmm. as a comic book. Boom Studios do some interesting stuff. They do, they do. Boom Studios seem hell-bent on taking every single 80s property <laughs> and turning it into some kind of fucking comic. Um, Boom Studios, I mean, it also, I mean, going completely off topic, if you are a fan of Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. check out Boom Studios' Big Trouble in Little China comic because the comic begins immediately after the first movie. Nice! The only movie. Yeah, so so like where the monster like pops his head up at the back of the truck, it starts from there. Nice. Okay, I'm getting. Is it and, is and, that comicology? Yeah, yeah. And where it goes, you can imagine it. You can imagine it happening. Look, it, 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 it fits perfectly within its piece. It fits. It fits perfectly within its piece. And J and uh, John Carpenter also contributed to the story. Mm. Nice. And they get Jack Burton. Yeah. And what happens with the monster at the back of the truck? <laughs> it isn't what you think. <laughs> oh. I'm a, I, I mean, I ignored this news for uh, the whole week until I just saw people tweeting about, like, you know, John McClane goes on holiday to Germany and pisses off a German waiter who's turned out to be Hans. Like, that was the best thing people were coming up with. And I was like, it's not going to be that good. No. Are, are they going to get, are they gonna get um, Charisma Vacuum John Jack Courtney? Courtney? To, <laughs> <laughs> to play young young uh, him I, I don't know I don't know I mean the whole it, it's a bad idea yeah. I mean just let it go man yeah it's done yeah so email 3 comes in from JC a regular email to the show sending a photo of a copy of Gavin's book hmm um, how I Made My First Movie or A Decade of Favors. Yes, How I Made My First Movie, A Decade of Favors. It is available in all MPH outlets or you can order it from the uh, MPH online store. So uh, JC, Jan, Jan sent us a photo saying, I'm glad my own copy of Gavin's book. Unfortunately, I won't be able to make it to the book signing at New Central and I would have a video shoot for college assignment on Sunday. Have a good weekend, guys. Regards, JC. Yeah. That's a nice checking in. Yes, thanks very much, man. Thanks yeah. for getting the book. Um... What's, what? Actually, hang on. I need to ask this because when I, I swam by New Central and they were all in a rack because they hadn't gone back in the shelves. Mm -hmm. Where the fuck does your book live? Um, Is it Malaysian interest? Uh, yeah, author? yeah. It should be Malaysian interests or Asian Asian stuff. Uh. If, if you cannot find it, ask at the counter. Ask at the counter. But uh, I mean, what's Easiest, the easiest thing to do is really just go online and get it online. Yeah, it's a, um, I'll, I'll put a link. There's a link. I'll put the link up to the MPH bookstores. Yeah, and also, I mean, just uh, if you know, if anyone's still listening, um, you know, the book is so based. So when you said like ask at the counter, it's like ask at the counter. It's like asking for Viagra or for condoms. Yeah. <laughs> ask at the counter for Trojan brand books. Yes, my book has been known to stop pregnancies. Yeah. Um, but also, I mean, the book is about my experience making my first film, Take Me to Dinner, which uh, is, which by the time you guys are listening to this, will be available on Vimeo. Yeah. Vimeo? Vimeo. Vimeo. Well, well, how do you pronounce it? Vimeo. Vimeo. Vimeo, sorry. Vimeo. Okay. Um, is it on YouTube? On YouTube, <laughs> on Vimeo. Sorry. Sorry. It's, 
sorry. Pardon me all over the fucking place. <laughs> I've never actually heard it said out loud. <laughs> Vimeo. I don't know. Maybe it's Vimeo. It could Vimeo. Be Vimeo. Vimeo. <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's available for uh, rental or for purchase. You can rent it at 99 cents. This is all uh, USD. Yeah. 99 cents. Or you can buy it for 3.99. Um, if you buy it, you do get audio commentary, deleted scenes, and some other stuff. So there we go. Um, and um, should be a also, uh, well. also, I've got another uh, short film, The Incredibly Strange Tale of the Man Who Lost His Love and Bought It Back with the Plank And it was Jason. I think it was JC who asked about that previously about yeah. when it's coming out. That so. will be coming out next in, month, no, in next November. Month. Yes, uh, under Doghouse 73 Pictures. I will be... Uh, Making announcements on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram once I have more details. And on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We shall now continue with the review section of our podcast. All right. I'll just uh, kick it off with uh, Snowtown Murders. This won't be a very long review. because I guess, I guess um, you're going to kick it off and go for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, but the, the Snowtown Murders, is, uh, it's, based on, it's based on a true story. It's based on one of the most um, horrifying... Uh, ser- serial killers uh, that um, Australia ever had, which is um, uh, John Bunting, mm-hmm. and um, basically, what this—it's—it's—it's it's, it's one of those movies where I, I can't say. I mean, okay, like just to give you a little bit of background, I mean, John Bunting was—he was essentially this guy. He who, sounds like such a happy guy. He was essentially—he was essentially this guy who had. He hated pedophiles and uh, homosexuals, and so a lot of his victims tended to be, you know, tended to fall in that category. But or suspected of it, maybe. Yeah, or suspected of it. But also, it was more than just that. He he basically hated anyone who he perceived to be weak. So uh, you know that that could also be people who were you know drug addicts. Hmm. You know, essentially. Essentially, guys who they hadn't done anything wrong necessarily, but they were junkies, yeah. and so you know he would kill them because of that. Uh, but it was it was a it was one of like in terms of uh, Australia's most recent history, it was one of the more really horrifying um, acts uh, of murder that had happened in that country mm. over the last few years. Um, and uh, this happened in Adelaide, right. in the Adelaide suburb of uh, Sol- uh, Salisbury North, and. W- the movie starts with um, uh, Jamie, who's played by uh, Lucas Pitaway, uh, this 16-year-old kid who lives with his mom. Mom is uh, down on her luck, um, and he's, he lives with his brothers, including his oldest brother. I think it's his oldest brother. They, they don't really mention mm-hmm. it. Uh, Troy, who also rapes him. Oh. Yeah, so, I mean, it's fucked. The whole thing is fucked. And at very, very uh, early on in the beginning of the movie, you know that... Um, that uh, the mom's boyfriend has been taking indecent pictures of him. Right. Um, and it's hardcore. Yeah, shit. yeah, it's hardcore. It's hardcore. Um, and you, you don't know if he has molested them or raped them. They they don't show anything. They don't say anything. But it's implied. But that it's it might implied have that it might have happened. And so when the mom suspects this, obviously she goes and you know beats the shit out of this guy and you know, uh, screams at him and everything. And uh, she ends up hooking up with, um, you know, John Bunting. Mm. Um, and when uh, John Bunting, when she finds out about everything because of the way he feels about all of that, he basically continues to harass and um, 
harass this guy until he leaves the neighborhood. Mm. And then after that, John Bunting and the mom hook up. Right. And Jamie, the 16-year-old, basically, uh, John Bunting becomes his father figure. So he's like on the sidelines of these serials as it goes through. It's not like a, it's not like a police procedure or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it starts off as like, um, like a Ken Loach um, kitchen sink. Drama. Yeah, drama. Um, and as the movie continues, we, we see that uh, John Bunting has some really fucked up tendencies. Mm. And uh, this kid, Jamie, is caught in the middle of it. And it is really just as much Jamie's story as it is his, where we see him going from this tortured, you know, fucked up youth to being uh, n- eventually numbed and numbed and numbed until he becomes an accomplice. Oh, wow. Um, and it is, it is it's it's this movie. It's it's the movie is not scary. Right. It's it's not a horror film. Right. But it is. Because that's what I I was under the impression it was right. It's not. I mean, you could you could sell it as a horror film, and mm. indeed, when you see the trailers, it you know, <laughs> it looks horrific. Yeah. And I think that is the key word. It's not a horror film. It is horrific. Wow. Um. There is this. Uh, atmosphere of oppression and dread, dread that just does not let up mm. and the whole time you're watching this movie you are never scared but you are always horrified mm. you know it's like you it's it's not a jump scare movie where you're you know where you're thinking oh, oh, oh. It, yeah. it, there's no moment like that yeah it's just this increasing tension of knowing just how fucked up things are getting and they don't it doesn't get any less fucked up they don't unfuck themselves yeah it's <laughs> the in-laws getting some mice oh yeah you know um <clears throat> but um it is it's 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 a very very powerful film mm. um i highly recommend it uh you really need to be in the mood is it almost like a docurama kind of thing docudrama or something like that like, well in, in a strange what kind of genre would you class it like because it's definitely the horror like you said it's you know i i you know it's just a very just fucked up fucking drama yeah. horrific drama if there is such a you know uh genre. genre um the acting is amazing oh yeah the acting's amazing in the sense that it really doesn't look like anyone's acting. Oh, it, just, it, it all feels for real. It feels very real. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's an amazing film. I'm, I'm not at all surprised that, um, that, this, that, that the director, uh, Justin Curzel, has gone on to other things. Yeah. Because it's really well handled. Wow. Like, especially the kid, like Lucas Pitaway. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, I, I, I mean, he's done, like, a bunch of short films since then. Mm-hmm. Nothing major. But um, he, Have you seen The Babadook yet? Yes. Yeah. Actually, uh, the kid in that is pretty. Yeah, yeah. But well, uh, you know, since you mentioned Babadook, like uh, um, S.C. Davis, the the mom mm. is married to the director of this film. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Australia, John Carpenter, small film crew. It's like Lucas Pitaway, the guy who plays Jamie, does not look like he's acting. Yeah. And uh, also, um, uh, Daniel uh, Henshaw, who plays uh, John John Bunting. Um, well, he was in Babadook. Ah. He was the nurse who was trying to help the mom. Oh, right, right, right. So it's like a totally different character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, he's terrifying. <laughs> you know. Um, that sounds good. Cool. Yeah, very cool film. I highly recommend it if you haven't already seen it. All right, well, switching, like, to, like not even, like, it's not even the same plane of existence. It's to the like, intern. <laughs> to the intern. And fucking Nancy Mayer's movie. Nancy Mayer's, in case you didn't know, like, uh, it's complicated. The holiday, Something's it's complicated. The pair trap. Directed um, 
yeah, the holiday season's got to give. What women want, the parent trap. Um, the intern is vanilla the movie. Yeah. It is, it is such a chick flick. I mean, it's not such a chick flick, sorry. It is, if, if, um, Robert De Niro's character was played by Morgan Freeman, it would almost be racist. It would be in the magic, the magical Negro, um, trope. You know the, that trope? The magical Negro. Have you seen it? If you look at Snopes, there's the concept of the magical Negro. I think Bagger Vance is one of those movies. Yes, yes, yes. It's where the black guy has all the knowledge. It's basically God and, you know, mm-hmm. it's white guilt of the movie. Mm-hmm. In this case, Robert De Niro, who's doing his comedy act, mm-hmm. which means that he kind of, um, gurns the whole time mm-hmm. there's that thing where he kind of makes the his corner of his mouth it's like it's a smile but it's like an alien trying to mimic a smile mm-hmm. it is at the kind of it's the the analyze this analyze that style of whatever yeah it's a lot less annoying in this but he's a guy who's 70 years old um widowed his kids live in the, another city he doesn't like to spend too much time with them but he does yoga he does a uh, tai chi he's done like you know lessons classes all this kind of shit he's done the internet and all that crap but he's like i'm not done yeah. I'm 70, I'm retired, you know, I've done traveling, I've gone everywhere I wanted to go, but then I come home, it's like, what next? Mm-hmm. And it turns out, local company has a seniors uh, intern prof, uh, internship, and he thought like seniors like high school, I was like, no, actual seniors, so self a few others go for it, he gets it, he ends up with uh, OCD control freak uh, Anne Hathaway, who plays Jules, she runs a company where it's like clothes for real women, it's like, we'll, we'll you know, it's like the real models on the shit, so if you buy it, it will fit right on. She's made it huge, and now she's having problems where her investors are worried about her and all kinds of stuff. They want to get CEO involved and all this kind of stuff. And she kind of says yes to this intern program without even thinking about it, and then she's stuck with it. Right. And, you know, he slowly but surely, like, it, it, there is, you know, at some point, some film student is going to put this together look like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Because, like, there's things like he sees her driver drinking, and he's just like, should you really be drinking today? I don't. Want, I don't want to have to. And he's not doing like. He's not doing Bobby De Niro. He's not doing like. I'm gonna. You gonna tell you drinking? I'm gonna fucking tell you drinking. I'm gonna. You gonna finish this piece? You know. It's like. I'm gonna have to tell her something or whatever. If you don't have, if you don't tell her, I'll tell her. And he does it in a very nice way. And it's very. He's he's the, he's the loveliest man ever. Yeah. There is zero conflict in this movie. Right. There's one point where there is a hint of a conflict, mm-hmm. and any other chick flick slash you know. Nice, nice Sunday afternoon at the movies for your grand. They would introduce a stupid plot contrivance where someone didn't tell someone something, so mm. the person who did not get told would have a huff and go off. Right. In this, that moment is just like, oh, well, I can imagine that must be an awkward for you, because it's they're fucking adults. Like, I mean, it's it, which it is. Yeah. This is cinematic wallpaper. Yeah. It, but in a good way, it is a relaxing, okay movie. Oh, there is a heist section in the middle that comes out of nowhere. It's like Quentin Tarantino came in for 35 seconds and directed five minutes of the movie. Right. Which is kind of funny. And that kept me from nodding off. Right. But it's not boring. There's, there's a trio of interns who kind of are relatively charming. One of one is the asshole kid from Pitch Perfect. Mm-hmm. The asshole guy singer from Next Door. I don't know. I haven't seen Pitch Perfect. <sighs> Do you watch any movies these days? You haven't seen Only Pitch movies Perfect? that interest me. Yeah. Um, but it's just, you know, it's nice. It's a nice movie. If you have, you know, your mother, your, your mom or your grandma might freak out if you take it to The Martian or Crimson Peak. <laughs> this is what you take him to see. It's got that nice, that nice boy, Robert De Niro in it. Right. And it's genuinely nice. And, you know, I came out of it and I was like, could have been so much worse. Right. There could have been so much made up tension they could have added. Right. 
We're now on to what we'll call a real movie, Bridges Five. Well, it's funny that you should mention, you know, if you're going to take your parents to see a movie. Mm -hmm. Because this is the movie you would take your parents to see. Oh, really? Is, like, is this the Cold War for adults? No, I mean, like, it's... Okay, well, first of all, Bridge of Spies, it's the latest collaboration with um, uh, Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. The last one they did was The Terminal. I think Tom likes to call them collaborations. Uh, Steven likes to call them, though, he works for me. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> He's... <laughs> or as Steve Martin puts it, Tom Hanks has uttered some of the most famous lines in movie history. Life is like a box of chocolates. Or, I'd like to do it my way, Mr. Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> I did rewatch his, one of his Oscar speeches a while ago. What, Tom Hanks? No. Um, what, uh, Steve Martin's? Steve Martin's? And it was just hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's very funny. There was but an article about, oh, it was one of his Is, it, is this the, uh, the, 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 uh, the governor's, the governor's ball? No, I think it was one of the Oscar things. He did a speech at the Oscars right, when right. he was hosting. Maybe I hadn't yeah, watched yeah, it in a yeah. long time, and I watched it. And I was like, even now, he's killing it. Yeah, no, Steve Martin's fucking funny. Someone, I think someone wrote about his books. That's what it was. One of his right. books was an Oscar. Right, right. Anyway, right, right. Bridges Spice. Um, so yes, this latest collaboration with uh, Tom Hanks and Steven Spielberg. The last, uh, their last collaboration was uh, The Terminal, which um, I kind of liked. I never watched it. Um, I didn't think it was a brilliant film, but I thought it was a very sweet movie. Uh, actually, the way you described the Intern, that's how I would describe The Terminal. No. You know, it was a nice movie. Bubblegum for the brain. It was a nice movie. Yeah. Not going to change the world. Not going to change anything. Yeah. Uh, but it was a nice film. Certainly not going to change immigration laws. Yeah. Sure as hell wasn't Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um, now this. Well, film, what is this film? Bridge of Spies is a return to old school espionage movies. Oh. Um, it's based on uh, the story of lawyer James B. Donovan, played by Tom Hanks, mm -hmm. who is entrusted with negotiating the release of Francis Gary Powers. Um, a pilot uh, who was shot down over the Soviet Union. And let me stop you there again, because again, I saw that trailer I cannot find online where it looks like it's a courtroom drama with the spy, and then the U2 disappears, or gets blown up. Well, it is a courtroom drama with a spy, and then the U2 disappears. But the, every, is, every, every, no, I seriously, I scared the web for at least 15 minutes. I couldn't find the trailer where it doesn't start with the U2 exploding at the beginning. Well, I mean, they wanted to start with the action-packed yeah, sequence. But you know? this, the, the trailer I'm talking about is in the cinemas here. Yeah. But they, that's usually like trailer one, trailer two or something like that. I yeah. could not find it. It's really yeah. weird. But go ahead. Um, so, but yeah, so uh, James B. Donovan was, um, he had to negotiate as a private citizen because this was uh, in the height of the Cold War where America and um, the Soviet Union were essentially... Could not be seen to be talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. They were essentially just spying on each other all the time and collecting data on each other. They were sending Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase across to fuck up with shit in That's right. This is my sister. Yeah. <laughs> you can all have her. I hear she's very good. Um, and so James Donovan, as a private citizen, had to go to East Berlin to negotiate the swap between uh, this pilot... Uh, Francis Gary Powers and Rudolf Abel played by Mark Rylance mm. <coughs> who is amazing really yeah <coughs> um, are we just choking on the good smells from the kitchen yeah yeah There's some good smells come from that kitchen folks and um, the whole thing with <coughs> the whole thing with this film is that you're absolutely right it is essentially two films in one yeah. it is a courtroom drama that is followed by an espionage spy caper mm. um, and how, how how far through the movie does he get involved in Berlin um, it's about halfway through the movie mm. so it really is like down the middle like oh. the first half of the film is him defending Rudolph Abel yeah because um, when I first when, when I saw the first half of the trailer the first half of the trailer I was like oh it's Amistad 2 the Cold, Year, the Cold War years yeah I mean it's it's not it's not quite that yeah. um, 
and I don't want to I don't want to give too much away because I mean like it's you know it's a true story. Yeah. You know? But um, don't Google it. Yeah, don't Google it. Um, Spoiler: but I will, World War Three didn't break out. But I will say that the dynamic between Tom Hanks and Mark Rylance is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The the chemistry that they have with each other is pretty cool to watch. Uh, Mark Rylance, I mean, I've been familiar with him for a very long time. Um, I saw him play Hamlet at the Globe Theatre oh, wow. in England, and he was an amazing Hamlet. He is an amazing actor. Um, and I think after this movie, you're going to be seeing him quite a bit. I think after this movie, you're going to be seeing him quite a bit, because he's an amazing in this movie. This Tom is Hanks is also really good in this movie. Wolf Hall. So he got, he's getting all these kudos from this, new, this TV show he's doing called Wolf Hall. Yeah, I've heard of it. You've heard of it, where he's yeah. like a conniving Elizabethan or... It's some old-timey thing, yeah, and it's shot with a lot of natural light. But that's what he's getting all the kudos for because he's hold the, he holds the whole thing together. Apparently. Yes, yes. Um, and he also did another movie uh, years ago called Intimacy, which was um, I think he's the BFG as well. Yeah, he, he is. is the BFG. He is the he is the BFG. And looking at that photo, that's my BFG. Yeah, um, bigger ears though, bigger. Yeah, yeah. So the acting in this film across the board is great. Tom Hanks is great too, but it's because you've seen Tom Hanks be great many times. Yeah, that. Seeing Tom Hanks be really good is nothing unusual. It's perfect, of course. Uh, the only thing is, is that Tom Hanks is playing his usual everyman thing. Yeah. But, you know, I don't have an issue with that because that's not easy to play. Mm. Um, and he's playing a very... You have a lot of trouble being likable. He's, he's, he's playing a very righteous character and you need someone like Tom Hanks to... America's sweetheart. To not make that come across as, as preachy. As preachy. Yeah. And Tom Hanks does that very well. Mm. Uh, the script was uh, by Matt, Ch- Matt Charman, who's a playwright. This is his first screenplay. Mm. And um, after that, he was uh, uh, Ethan Cohen and Joel Cohen wrote the script. Mm. And you can, you can tell. There are some... Snappy bits. There are some scenes which are very Cohen. Um, but one thing about this film that I thought was very interesting is that it's incredibly low-key. Yeah. The way the story is told is very low-key. There's no... Car chases. There's no car chases. No, but even even for like a... Because it is a very patriotic movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, this movie... There's no Harrison Ford shouting at the president saying, come in my room like a junkyard dog, which is, is a spy kind of thing is, to have. There is nothing like that in no. this movie. And it has been... I can't remember the last time a, low key, a movie as low-key as this actually... Uh, made me like it so much. There's a line I heard about the, the Martian, which I wish I'd come up with it, which is genius. And it's that like in the Martian, Matt Damon's character has no wife or kids back home, which would be the ultimate in point, right? If yeah. it was Michael Bay or whatever like that. And someone described it as smart people doing clever things. Yeah. Is this that as well? It's just like, like it, there is, there, there are, I think there's a little bit more tension with regards to Reds under the bed line and stuff. Yeah, no, but is it still just like smart people trying to find a solution to exactly, the problem? Exactly, it is. And it's not with no melodrama. Exactly. You yes. know, there's no reason for these NASA astronauts to be like, yes, they get left someone behind, but yes. they're the type of people who get on with it. Yes. And that's exactly what Tom Hanks is and that's what the rest of them are doing, right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so this is smart people doing clever things part two. It is a very, very smart adult drama. Hmm. Which we don't get that many of these days. And it's not showy in any way. You know, it's a beautiful film. Like, production design, everything is amazing. But it is not showy filmmaking in any way whatsoever. It is very much people who have faith in the story, faith in the performances, and it just tells the story. 4.3. And and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it's not a rousing film. It's not the kind of movie that makes you go out there and like, oh, yeah, America. Let's go to Nam. Yeah. It's not (laughs) that movie. 
it is a very quiet film. Yeah. It is for an espionage movie, for a spy movie, it is very, very quiet. Mm. It's a very quiet film, but in its in its uh, quietude, it nice. is it is strangely compelling and strangely powerful, and I really enjoyed it. Cool. I'm wondering if it's finding its audience because it is those kind of movies don't tend to these days. Yeah, I mean, it opened at number three. Um, it it was a weird weekend. I think I saw numerous headlines describing this weekend in the U.S. as a bl- as bloodshed. Yeah, I mean, like it lost out to Goosebumps, Goosebumps, but it beat Crimson Peak. Yeah, and um, Crimson Peak is not doing well. And uh, some artic- Sorry, Crimson Perak. <laughs> but but it is it is exactly the kind of movie that isn't. That, that, that doesn't necessarily rely on a huge opening weekend. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a Argo. grower. It's, it's Argo. A grower. Yeah. It's a grower. Yeah. Cool. No, that sounds really interesting. It's an adult drama and it made adult drama good. It made good adult drama money. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. All right. I'm going to touch on Continuum because it finally came to an end recently. Well, not finally. So I it mean, came and, to an and end. I'll say oh, right sorry. now, Mark Ryland's Best Supporting Actor nomination for sure. For sure. Yeah. Wow. Tom Hanks, no, because we've seen him do this before. Yeah. Not because he's not good, but we've seen him do it before. Exactly. Tom Hanks needs to play a fucking serial killer, cannibal stripper. Ca- a cannibal serial killer for, to get another yeah. nomination. Yeah, he's got to do something else. I box. mean, the close... If he's not going to get a nomination for Captain Phillips, in which I thought he was amazing, yeah, he's not going to get a nomination. The scene near the end when he breaks down. Oh, brilliant. I'm just... Brilliant. Pure, raw. Yeah. So amazing. Brilliant. Fuck, did we even mention something to you? There's why spoilers back then, but... Again, that's a movie I haven't thought of until that exact moment. Yeah, like but a, that moment where he's actually rescued and it's just like yeah. raw it's, human it's, emotion. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Okay, again, another one hundred eighty degree turn. Yeah. Um. So, Continue was a TV show that was shown and showcased in Canada and was downloaded all over the world. Um. Yeah. So has um, it's not Rachel Nichols. She's changed now. Oh, she is Rachel Nichols, but her her Twitter handles changed. Essentially. We talked a lot about how we like movies like Predestination and um, not Project Almanac. What was the other time? 12 Monkeys, the TV show and the movie, where you have your timeline and you work within that, mm-hmm. or you have your time rules. Even Bill and Ted, for all its idiocy, the time game, mm-hmm. uh, I too can play the time game. Those <laughs> make sense. I would have came up with this key. Yes. Have another gun. No, dude, because we would have put the key and the, and the sandbag. <laughs> so, uh, I think we both like time travel stories where they set their rules and they stick to it. Mm-hmm. This show was about someone who came from a very corporate-run future. Like, the police service was called CPS. I think it was Corporate Protection Services. Mm-hmm. And they had, like, fucking camouflage predator suits and all this kind of shit. And at the execution of five or, I think it was eight terrorists, Liberate, they're called, terrorists, terrorists. Mm-hmm. Someone, the thing that's supposed to kill them, someone throws a little ball into it and it turns out it's a time travel device and they get sent back to now. Mm-hmm. Before the rise, like it's essentially their future. She's happy in their future. She's got a husband, she's got a kid, she's never really thought about it, but she's actually a tool of the corporate overlord machine. And over the course of five seasons, four seasons, mm-hmm. they essentially worked down on her. So she tried to ingratiate herself with the cops. They were seen as a terrorist group because they were trying to disrupt the corporate takeover before it happened. Mm-hmm. It kind of meandered for the first two seasons. Right. In the third season, the guy who ended up sending her back in time, the younger version of him, who was played by Crash, from, you know that band with Crash and the boys? Scott Pilgrim? Yes. You know yes, the band yeah, Crash yeah, and the Boys? Yeah, 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 with yeah. Crash and the boys? Uh-huh. I am so sad, so very, very sad. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. He plays the younger version of the cigarette smoking man from uh, X-Files. Right, right, right. And it kind of works. Hey! Down to what? 
Everybody, say hi. We sh I'll insert applause at this point. So, in the future, he's a corporate scumbag who rules everything, but is massively unhappy. Right. But you're never too sure of what his motivations were. Was he involved with sending these people back in time? Was he not? They're in the ever-present now, whereas their actions will have repercussions. Right. It kind of meandered for a bit until the point where the younger version of him recreated the time machine and essentially traveled back to save someone he loved. And that's when it got interesting because that's when they decided, that's when they finally, I think they were doing the, the, the standard network thing of like, we're going to get seven years and we'll draw it out a bit. Right. And they're like, okay, shit, we're so close to cancellation. Um, you're going to travel back a week before to save your girlfriend. So therefore, uh, we're going to get the rules straight now. So you, the moment you time travel, you create an alter timeline. So there's two of him running around now and only one of his girlfriend. And the, this girl gets help from freelancers who are people who have been sent back, seeded through time to make sure the right timeline happens. Right. So you've got like all this kind of shit going on, and then in the final, in the last season, the last two seasons, this other dude turned up. The moment he traveled in time to save his girlfriend, he created a dark alternate future, which is not the one she came from. Okay. And his son accidentally traveled back in time before this as well, but his future no longer exists. So I mean, once you travel back, you're still you're safe. If your if your future if your mother dies before you were given birth to, you're still safe. It's essentially it's all alternates. It's all like you know alternate tracks. Right. But she always wants to get home to her son, and she slowly comes around to actually the terrorists were right, and she wins essentially the battle by convincing the young version of the older guy that don't be a dick shall be the way of the future. Right. But without giving too much away. They ended it. They had the, a very truncated final season where there was from an alternate dark timeline guys coming up with power suits and all sorts of crazy shit where the world had gone to shit where her shit was like her nightmarish corporate future was a walk in the park compared to this other shit. They managed to sort that out but it ended on one of the like, biggest gut punches which I'll tell you about after the show that you could have had which was 100% in keeping with the rules they've set up from day one. When you travel, you travel to an alternate timeline. So if you go to a future where you came from, well, no, there's a certain implied thing that will happen there. Right, okay. Okay. So Leave it at that. Leave it at that. I have to say, it's sad it's gone so short. It was like one guy created it, called Simon Barry. Um, well, it doesn't seem that short. It's four seasons. Yes, but it was, those first two were like longer ones. The last season was like six episodes. Right. It was like right, they, were, right. they got the chance to finish it. And it feels very rushed at that point. But like the terrorists who were sent back, there's like one guy who's genetically engineered, fucking crazy bastard. There's like two crazy women. Hell, hell, hell. There's like one smart-ass guy. There's one super techie guy. They were all really good characters, really good story. Very And they shot in Vancouver and just called it Vancouver for once, which everyone does these days. Yeah. Okay. So continue with what's called. Rachel Nichols is in it. She was the green chick from Star Trek. Pretty good. Very quickly to finish off, the Star Wars Battlefront beta. So basically this video game was being... I mentioned the start of the mention. yeah. yeah. So they announced these betas when it's a multiplayer game just in case it doesn't work on day one, which has happened with similar games from EA where the game goes on sale, you try to connect, and it's all fucked. Yeah. This game is being like wrapped in a warm Star Wars blanket. The blasters sound like blasters. The snozberries taste like snozberries. You play as Imperials or Rebels. It's all... Well, so far what they've shown, it's all original trophies. Right. And it just... When you shoot your gun and it makes the noise that the blasters make... 
and you hit a stormtrooper and it sparks and he kind of falls over yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not just like a, a disappear animation yeah, 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 they've yeah. done that element of it and when you're on Hoth and they have those stupid looking radar dish gun things yeah, 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 that yeah, take yeah. forever to charge up mm-hmm. that's so fucking Star Wars and then you get in an A-wing and you're like this is amazing and then you eventually find out that the same way you can drive vehicles you can drive I'm doing finger quotes here people Darth Vader Luke Skywalker where you can just walk through Vader just walks through the battlefield deflecting bolts left right center and then you can just force choke motherfucker it's the most Star Wars feeling thing of all but it's also very linear in that the at-ats are attacking and you've got to stop them and it's very heavily in the Imperials favor it's really fucking hard to win if you're the rebels right but it is like I said if you can imagine being wrapped inside Star Wars that's what it felt like this game comes out November 17th my uh, my impression my first impressions are on the hypegeek.com if you want to check that out I did keep wanting to play it more right because I kept wanting to try and do the tow hook trip uh, the tow hook trip trick yeah, 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 yeah. with uh, snow the, speeder the adult walker the yeah. adult walkers but it's a lot of fun uh, November 17th will come out like all video games don't fucking pre-order anything wait till five days after it comes out read the review see if it's hot garbage or if it's up to you know paying $70 on it whatever the fuck okay that finishes our show for today thank you very much for listening in thank you for listening thanks for listening good night bye bye